So we started this new series, This Is Us, and last week I did mention that unfortunately there's not going to be quite as much drama as those of you guys who maybe are fans of the TV show. Again, who here is a fan of This Is Us, who watches it? The few of y'all, yeah, that's, that's, that's fine, I understand. bit much for me, but I get it. Last week we talked about, uh, we're kind of going through a little little parts of our mission, our vision, our core values here at Element Church, and last week we talked about knowing God. We talked about how maybe there's people in your life that you need to bring to where Jesus is, just like Andrew brought Peter to where Jesus was, as we looked at that passage in the Gospel of John. So, you know, to kind of, long story short, we talked about, hey, invite people to church. It's a good idea. We want to be a place where we talk about our know, our grow, and our show. We want to be a church where people know God, grow in God, and show God's love to others. We want to be a church where people know God in a real way. So we strive as a church every Sunday to be a place where Jesus is represented well and where people can encounter Jesus maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time or just reconnect in worship with Him every Sunday. The church is weird. You know that? Not just because you're in it, but not just that. Not just because I'm in it. The church is a weird organization because the church exists in many ways for people that aren't here. Now, there are purposes inside the church that are for the people in it. But when Jesus gave the Great Commission, he talked about going into all nations with the gospel. Talked about going to places where, where the gospel was not and taking it to them. The church, when it's given its commission, was saying, hey, you guys, you exist for the people that you are going to go and find and baptize and disciple. You exist for people who aren't here. And in fact, time and time again, what you see is an inward focused church. A church that's focused all about what they can do for the people who are in the chairs very quickly becomes a dead church. We exist for those outside the church. And then we put stuff in place here so that we can reach out to them. So we can show them, hey, there's people here who love you because Jesus changed us and because Jesus loves you. And hey, you who are not here, you outside these walls, we want you to know God, then grow in God, and then be another person who shows God's love to other people. And I think for all of us, it's important to, to realize that as we know God and as we grow in God, we are still inward-focused Christians until we hit the third one. Until we start saying, okay, Jesus, how can my life be used to show God's love to others? And last week we talked about a very simple one, which is, hey, if we can identify that where Jesus is, and so we believe that Jesus is present with us here at Element Church, one way we can show God's love to others is, is pretty easy, and it's by saying, hey, come with me and come to church and you'll hear about Jesus. 
But today I want to give you another way that you can show Jesus with your life. And I think that this is a really important one, and it's easier than, than we often think. Because there is, like, complicated ways to show God's love, and ones that require, require a little bit more of us, like knowing your story and being able to tell your story of how you came to Jesus to someone else. But I think it all kind of starts with a really fun word called hospitality. Who here wants to be hospitable? I believe that the church should be the most welcoming place in the city. Makes sense, right? And so what I want to talk about today is a theology of hospitality. Theology is simply the study of God, right? So I want to say, how does the study, how does the study of God relate to being hospitable? What does God have to say about being hospitable people in relation to showing who Jesus is to the world? And it's something that actually comes up in Scripture a lot. So I want to give you two churches today. We have a good example. We have a bad example. So, the author of the book of Hebrews was writing here, and, and we're going to start with this one. And he, he wrote to this church, and he said, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. So they're doing something right, because he's telling them, hey, keep on doing this. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. This is one of my favorite lines in the Bible. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. So from this church that the author of Hebrews is writing to, what do, what do we learn here? What do we learn about hospitality? What do we learn about what that looks like inside of our community? Because he certainly is encouraging it, right? He's telling them, hey, these hospitable acts are important. He starts with, we're to love each other who are a part of our community. That's our Hebrews 13.1 there. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. We're to love each other. Crazy, right? Ever been to a church where it didn't feel like that? Yeah, yeah, you know, it happens. It happens. So we have to remind ourselves that we're to love each other. Love, love is expressed in actions, right? We're to act in love to each other. I think this is hard to accomplish just on a Sunday morning. Especially as, as churches grow and they develop. You know, when, it, when a church is 20 or 30 people, it's a little bit easier for everyone to, to love and to engage with each other. As churches grow and they get a little bit bigger, it becomes harder and harder 
for everyone to have relationship with each other. That's why we do life groups. Because life groups give smaller contexts for us to get to know people and to love people. I think also loving each other in our community means that, did you know that when somebody has a need in the church, you don't have to call me? You know that? You know that you can just help? You know, I know that all the route through me, that's okay. You can just help someone. Isn't that cool? You can do that. That's hospitality. When it says that the church is to meet each other's needs, that means that you can meet someone else's needs. Now, if you ever want to do something like anonymously, of course, of course you can, you can come to the church. If you can't, and if you can't help someone, of course you can come to the church. But we're to be hospitable to each other. Which means it's not just the organization's job. It means you can do it too, which I think is pretty cool. Did you know in loving each other that we can pray for each other? Yeah, we can. If, you have so, if you're around someone and they say, hey, this is going on in my life. You know, I'm having a really rough time with my marriage. I'm having a really rough time with one of my kids. Oh man, this person at work is driving me crazy. Been sick. You can just pray for them. The, one of the six fundamentals of the Christian faith listed somewhere else in the book of Hebrews, one of those is actually the laying on of hands. And then in other parts of Scripture, it talks about how we all can pray for each other. And there are situations in Scripture where it says, hey, call for the elders of the church. Is any among you sick? Then you call for the elders of the church and they will you know, pray for you. But you can pray for it. Hospitality starts showing Jesus to others starts with you. And it starts with you realizing that, hey, when someone has a need, I, I can just pray for them. We're to love each other who are a part of our community, and love is expressed in our actions. What did we talk about last week? We talked about last week that what we believe is shown by how we act. <coughs> so we believe that we're to be hospitable, and that it's going to show and how you act to each other. We're also to be hospitable to those outside of our community. Hebrews 13.2 goes on to say, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. I think we're pretty good at this. I don't know about you in your day-to-day -day life. As a community, I, I really believe we're a community that's hospitable to those outside. Um, we don't just do the, the big events that we do for fun, because they're actually a lot of work if you've ever been a part of one. We do them because we want to show hospitality to strangers. We want to show love to people in our community, even though they've done nothing to, to deserve it. We don't wait for Millvale to somehow get to a point where they deserve an egg hunt. Like, it has nothing to do with that. We just do it because the Bible commands us to be hospitable, to love others, to serve others, 
to do things even though they really have no benefit for us at all. I think we also see this in like different areas of our church, things like greeters, the service hosts who greet and do hospitality and who pass things around the church. Like we specifically put people in places in the church just to be nice to people. Like we, it's intentional. We're very intentional. We say, you know what? We want to show hospitality to strangers. If people come into our church and if they're, maybe they're new, we want to make sure that people are hospitable to them. And then it's really cool at our church because I see you. I pay attention. I see people who aren't greeters notice somebody that's new and go and say, hey, it's good. I'm glad you're here. We're to be hospitable to those outside our community. Now this third one is actually, I think, one that's a little bit harder. So Hebrews 13.3 says, Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. I think this translates into our context a little bit more, that we're to remember and we're to visit, if possible, those who are unable to come into our community. Remember seems passive, but what we see all throughout Scripture in contexts like this is we see people going out to visit people who are in these kind of situations. Different people visited Paul when he was in prison. They went out of their way to be with the people who were unable to be a part of the community actively. And sometimes, like, there's different ways we do this. There's different ways that we, we visit people in the hospital. Again, if someone's in the hospital, if someone's sick, did you know you can go visit them? I've, I do, you know, I do a lot of hospital visits. Pastor Fran does a lot of hospital visits. Um, that's a big part of what, what Pastor Fran does. You know, Pastor Craig and Tim both do them as well. You, you can also be the hospitable person. And when someone's sick, you can go visit them and pray for them and love them. You know, in some ways, this is why we put some time and effort into having, if you're on Facebook Live, hi, we have Facebook Live because sometimes people are sick and they can't be a part of our community. And so we give an opportunity for them to be a part of what we're doing even though they're not here that day. How does what we believe about God affect how we show hospitality to others? We believe that God so loved the world that He sent His only Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but would have everlasting life. We believe that. So we respond to that with our actions. If that's who Jesus is, and if that's what Jesus represents, then we are going to be people who have that same kind of love to everyone we encounter, both in our community and outside it. And also, just as Jesus came to earth to show us his love, we say, if we're going to be so hospitable that we're going to go outside of our walls, we're going to go outside of where we're comfortable to love other people. 
So the book of Hebrews there, we had a church that was a good example. Now we have the church that James is writing to. James isn't as happy. He says this, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. So James doesn't like favoritism. I don't know if you caught that. And there's some stuff here that's culturally going on, kind of in the middle, talking about the, the rich people dragging into the court, referring to a lot of stuff that was going on, you know, in, in this time and where, where this, all this was going down. But I think the root cause here is an easy point to follow that James 2 1 tells us don't show favoritism. I don't know if you, you caught that. Now, fortunately, there's no one who we've asked to just sit on the floor in front of my feet. I appreciate that. Good job, ushers. Um, if you had someone do that, I would not be thrilled. Um, and I don't think this is often as overt anymore in churches as maybe it is in this example, where they were literally giving the rich people the nice seats and the poor people, they were just kind of sticking in the rafters. It's also fortunate I don't think we have any rich people. <laughs> but I think it becomes more subtle. I think, although sometimes it's rich and poor, sometimes it's other things in our culture. I think we show favoritism to people who we're comfortable with. That's different for every person. Maybe you're uncomfortable with people with a certain skin tone, so you show favoritism toward people that you're comfortable with. Maybe you're comfortable with people who speak a certain way, and so that's who you, you spend time with. You, you've got the Yinzer accent, you want to talk to people that got the Yinzer accent, right? Yin's going down to John Eggle and that. Dan Tan. Maybe it is like you're you're only comfortable with people who who are you feel like are at your level of life. Maybe maybe it's you 
you're young and you, and you don't want to get any wisdom from people who are older than you, or you're old and you don't want to listen to the nattering of the people younger than you. It's easy to show hospitality to people who we like and who are like us. Easy for an introvert to spend time with an introvert. You can always tell when this is happening because they're sitting on other ends of the room and not talking to each other. It's easy for an extrovert to hang out with an extrovert and they're right here blah, 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 the whole time. Sometimes it's easy in the church for us to gravitate toward the people that are obviously church people. The people who are, may not accidentally drop a word that starts with the letter F and has a bomb. People who dress right, who talk right. Praise God, Brother Germison. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord today. I don't know if we have anyone in this church that talks like that. If somebody called me Brother Germison, I wouldn't know what to do with that. Uh, that's, I don't know if that's ever happened. Don't show favoritism. James's challenge to us is to break that thinking. And I won't name any names, and you wouldn't know who they were anyway, but I do recall when I was the outreach director of a church many, many years ago in my early 20s, and one of the elders of the church looked at me and asked me why I couldn't do outreach to rich people. Because he was getting sick of all the poor people who were coming into our church from our outreaches. Don't show favoritism. And I love that James basically says at our last point today, don't show favoritism because we are dumb about who we show it to. In this case... Paul is telling them, oh, not Paul, James, sorry. Uh, James is telling them, not only are you showing favoritism, but you're showing favoritism to people who are throwing you into court. You're being nice to these people who are just basically kicking you in the face while you do it. What are you doing? And you see this all throughout Scripture, that typically the people who we want to show favoritism to are the wrong people. We're not smart about it. In fact, the church, the early church, did not want the Apostle Paul when he converted to Christianity. The man who wrote most of the letters of the New Testament, who evangelized a whole bunch of Asia Minor, planted churches everywhere, originally when he came to Jesus, the church was like, whoa! We don't want this guy. This is the guy who's been murdering us. They didn't want to show Paul any hospitality. They weren't smart about it. As it turns out, the religious community rejected Jesus. Whoops! The Son of God come to earth to save us. The King of Israel in the line of David. What did the religious leaders do? They went, no, this isn't our guy. The prophets, if you happen to read through them, and then you read a little bit of, of the history of the prophets of the Old Testament, God sent them 
to help and to get people to repent and to come back to God. So what did Israel do? They rejected them and they killed them. And in this case, in the book of James, the church wanted to impress the very people that were persecuting them. We are not always smart about our favoritism, and we end up using it with the wrong people. We don't, we don't show hospitality to the people that God would actually call us to. And so our challenge today as we consider this passage in Hebrews and we consider this passage in James is how are we showing God's love to others by our hospitality? What opportunities are we looking for to do it ourselves and not to pass it off to someone else? Anywhere in my life am I showing favoritism? How can I be the hospitable person? How can I have a right theology of hospitality in my heart so that it affects how I act and how I treat others? Would you pray with me?